Welcome to Small Town Shenanigans, episode 22. We're coming, we're going back to basics here. We got Brian Burns, Brian Robinson. This is just like the first episode when we cranked it out. We got uh, we got some some fire under our bellies this morning. And, well, I uh, say this is the, this is one of those things where we had so many stories that were just kind of an outlier that was really you know that it was kind of a hodgepodge, just kind of uh, you know just chaff, chaff in the wind. That we figured we just need to come on here and just throw these ones out here. It's all over the board with some of these stories that we had, but uh, this would be good. I'm looking forward to some of these. I forgot about some of them half the time. Rocky Road yeah. and Belly Dome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, small small town shenanigans. It's about you know a lot of it's about growing up on the high line and what we did in high school. But it's amazing how some of that stuff just kind of rears its ugly head as you get older. And some of these stories happened when we got older. And I think, you know, some names are are going to be left out to protect the innocent. <laughs> hey, you know what? Really quick, um, I want to tell everybody, um, we've got uh, Brian's wearing his brand new hat. We want to throw a thank you out to J.C. Seawald, who kind of, he kind of did something pretty cool. Do you want to tell about it, Brian? Yeah, so we so JCC, well, one of our guests from early episodes, um, told we told the story about um, placing an order, which is there anything crazy about that? No, everyone most places orders every day. Episode order, four, I would think it was episode four. Could have been. I know it was in the beginnings. But I uh, talked about placing an order back in the day where there was COD for a uh, automotive outfit, Cup Inc., um, a lot of the thing, the characteristics about this motor outfit was very characteristics of our, of our raffle. Uh, it really wasn't the wrap. There really wasn't a Turkey and there really wasn't a motor outfit, but we made the order anyway. <laughs> COD. <laughs> so Mr. Seawald, we t- we talked about the hats that we had ordered up and he went out and found them. <laughs> <laughs> he found what two of them. on it now? <laughs> It's this one says uh, Moorheart Motors. I don't know where he got that name. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, he went out and he found them um, in a small village out in in Africa. So they must have got shipped out there. They're kind of like the uh, the championship T-shirts of the losing team. They just sent them somewhere to the Sudan. And he went out and he found them. <laughs> he sent us a couple of them. So I'm wearing my Moorheart Motor hat. And uh, you want to very- describe it? You want to describe it a little bit? For the for the listeners, well, it's just a hat, just the way that we ordered it up. We want a blank hat, and we want the name of our automotive outfit right across the front of it, so no <laughs> one have any mistake of where they get their automotive needs taken care of. And so JCC all went out and found these hats, and he sent them off to us, and I'm wearing it proudly. A little, it's a little rigid. It's been sitting out in the sun for a little while, but it's pretty good. <laughs> now it's like a hard, it's like a hard hat. <laughs> what? Is he president of the fan club? I don't know. I, I think, listen, there's there's listeners out there, and there's people that really get it. Like, the reason why we started this is because there's there's people out there that are just like us, and they appreciate this. And I will tell you this. I contacted a gentleman, and this is a teaser of all teasers. I contacted a gentleman that I forgot about. Brian Robinson reminded me of him. And with the, by the power of Facebook, I connected with this guy. And Brian... Tell me on a scale from one to ten, we get this guy on here. It's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be like the bottomless salad at at the Olive Garden. There's, there's, you can just keep eating be. all day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can't wait for this guy. 
Yeah. What, what is his really, name? What does his name rhyme with? Taz. <laughs> yeah. Razzmatazz. Yeah, razzle dazzle, shazzle mazzle. It's going to be. That's going to be my. That's what we're going to work on. But anyway, he's he's cut from the same cloth that JW, JC, a lot of our loyal listeners, even from different generations, the Tyrrell kid. Uh, there's a there's a lot of people out here that appreciate this, and we're we're looking under every stone to find them. So anyway, we think we got a shout out to JC Seawald up there in in Wheat Country to go out, put on his investigating hat, and find these find these hats for us. We greatly appreciate it. I'm donning this thing like I'm wearing this thing like it's a new suit. <laughs> I want to hear about um. This, I I tell you what, I'd love to hear about that that dump truck if you got time. <laughs> Robbie, you heard his. <laughs> I haven't heard this story before. Let's get. I know the gentleman's name. He kind of touched on a little places. You want to describe him? Rocky or something? So let's just call him Rocky. <laughs> You're calling him Rocky, okay? What's his last <laughs> name? Road. <laughs> Roads. Uh, you know, like I said, things don't always have to happen between the ages of 13 and 19, do they? <laughs> No. Sometimes, sometimes we can bring out the inner child as we get older, and we'll do things that. So, <clears throat> there's a gentleman I know, and <laughs> how well do you he, know this guy? Shit, I mean, I, I know him well enough. I mean, you know, some people say, "Oh, he's like a son to me," or someone says, "Oh, he's like my uncle." I say this guy's like a like a relative to me. If I had, <laughs> if you know, if you had. If you had to, if you had to look at it like that, but anyway, um, he told me a story that I'm just going to relay because I've. Here's the thing, <clears throat> he told me the story initially, and it was so flabbergasting, if that's a word. It was so flabbergasting that I have I've had him tell me that story probably five or six times, <laughs> and I don't know why, but each time I ask him about it, I don't think he remembers telling me. So he tells it with the same fervor. As he did day one. <laughs> and it's such a good story. Um, we, we can't track him down. <laughs> you know what it is? It's it's a true testament of the human spirit about a guy doing, uh, getting into a a, a, uh, a tricky situation, no fault of his own, and, and doing some damage control to get out of it. So let's get into this one, okay? I'm going to tell it to the best of my ability, and uh, we're going to call the gentleman Rocky. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I bump into old Rocky. This is, like I said, he's told me the story five or six times, so I can't remember where where this this thing had uh, its beginnings. But it, it probably he probably first told me the story five or six years ago in, in a hunting camp, and it's just casual conversation. And the fact that this story was told. Like late in the evening, that he didn't bring this one out early, it just blows my mind. And the reason why he didn't was because it, to him, wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> I think. I think that's the reason why I didn't tell it earlier. But when he How told big a deal, this, do you think this is, Brian, on a scale of one to ten? Well, let's just say this: um, we were having some, we were having some beers at hunting camp. Let's just say, how many beers we have? Well, I say in dog beers, I had three. <laughs> 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 okay, so I had quite a few beers that night, and he he starts making mention of this, and he says, uh, "Did I ever tell you about the time I was I was hauling uh, gravel?" And I thought, "Oh God, I don't have time for this." 
And once he evolved this story, I said I popped right up and I talked about it, getting a cold shower. I mean, I sobered up quick and listened to this story. So he tells me, he says, um, and I'm there with my, I got a couple of my kids with me. We're hunting. I think I just one of my sons and then him and old Rocky was in there. And we'd played about 700 games of poker. And I had our, our belly was full of chili and hot dogs. And we we're just about ready to nestle down. He says, I ever tell you the time I was uh, hauling gravel? I said, no, I haven't heard this one. He goes, well, I didn't. Uh, he goes, I'd never done it before. I mean, how, I, much, I, how I, much gravel did, was he hauling? I don't know. I mean, he, he called the truck. What was it he called? He called it a belly dump. So I think what the way he described it, the way he described it, the way he described it was you put gravel on top of the, the you know, in the back, you dump it on there. And then to get it out, it has like these funnels on the bottom that you, that's how the gravel will come out. So like dumping it off, it came, it comes from the bottom. I don't know if you can picture this. Anyway, he called it a belly dump. Anyway, um, anyway, he'd been trucking for a long, he's an experienced trucker. I mean, how many, years can, it, how many years does Rocky have underneath his belt at this point? <laughs> of trucking? Yeah. Oh, probably good 10, 15 years. So he's when familiar was, with the truck. 10, 15 years of trucking. One incident with a belly dump. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, for those what you area, know, where, What area of the High Line does he live up in the... What area? Oh, Montana? that's a good that's a good question. He's... I know he's a Highliner. Okay. Damn sure. Um, so he, you know, I mean, he's just like any of the other Highlanders. And <clears throat> for those of you not familiar with the state of Montana, this story originates in the capital, Helena, Montana. Okay? State capital, Helena. And uh, he was northbound, heading up to Great Falls, the electric city. Is it the electric city? Yeah. He's heading up to the electric city. Got a little bit of a uh, slight grade going uphill. Anyway, so he tells me the story. He says, I... First time I ever had to haul gravel, and um, I was heading out of Helena. It was late. It was it was dusk. Okay, so it was kind of in the evening. He's heading out of Helena, heading north to Great Falls. There's a little incline, kind of climb uphill. And if if you know this, the direction he's headed is north at dusk. So he's trying to figure out his truck. He's trying to figure out all the gear. Um, and as he's heading up there, up this road at dusk. He's trying to find the the light switches that kind of illuminate the trailer, parts of the trailer in the front. I don't know why you need the lights. I mean, he had obviously had his headlights on, but he was looking for the light that would kind of illuminate the trailer, maybe to for other you know cars past them they can see it. I don't know, but anyway, so he's starting to fart with these switches. Okay, he's he's, he's toggling back and forth trying to find the switches. So you know, click a switch and look out the rear view mirror, nothing, nothing, and so. Um, he hits, he, he toggles the switch and he said, it felt like an earthquake. It was just a rumbling and a bumbling. Well, turns out he clicked the switch for that belly dump. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what, what, what interstate is he on? He's on the I-15 headed North out of Helena. And that's, Into, a, four, that's a four laner, right? This is the Veterans Memorial Highway. Let's just call it that. I've been on the I-15 quite a bit. It, it leaves at San Diego. California, right out the gates of the naval base, and it ends in the Sweet Grass Hills going into Canada. Straight ah, shot. Okay. Well, he was on the stretch between Helena and Great Falls on this deal. Heading uphill, just climbing, and uh, <laughs> probably has about a ton and a half of, of route. He sa I said, well, how, 
what were you hauling? He says, gravel about the size of a nickel quarter. You know, it was a good size gravel. So anyway, <laughs> imagine this. He's heading up the hill, hits a switch. He's about the fifth of switch, uh, switch he tries, and he, uh, he opened the door to the belly dump. So we're on a major interstate. And he said he wasn't sure at first because his truck kept hopping and bouncing. <laughs> <His> <laughs> truck was... <laughs> so he had no idea this gravel's going all over the IP. He just felt, he said it, it, the truck was bouncing, the trailer was bouncing, and he was just shaking up and down. Well, he looked in the rearview mirror and all he sees is dust. It was just it was just absolute <laughs> dust. And he realized what he had done. I said, Well, how much, geez, I mean, how much of the gravel did you dump? Like 15%, 20%? 100%. He dumped oh, the whole no. belly dump on oh. the freeway, right? Oh, so now, a, ton, a couple tons of gravel. I don't know how to measure. I don't even know. What, uh, all, let's just say all of it. Okay, 100% of it. And if you do percentages, and you, the, the percentage of gravel that was still in the trailer was none percent. Okay. <laughs> so you had 100% on the ground, none percent in the trailer. So... <laughs> But he's telling me the story. I sit straight up in my chair. And now he does his damage control. So what does he do? He said he mashed down on that gas pedal like he was pushing down on a plum. And he went straight ahead. (laughs) He got off the first exit. Just going like just going as fast as he could get that trailer going. We realized that he dumped all this gravel on the freeway, right? (laughs) He gets like so Rocky decides to pull off on the first exit, which was about wasn't even a mile. Then he realizes this is him. This is his words. What happens? What happens if there's like a motorcycle comes cruising up on that thing? Now let's keep in mind that the, it's like a it's like a, a billion marbles rolling all over the interstate. Yes, right. <laughs> and mind you, the, the speed limit in the state of Montana is 80 miles an hour. Can you imagine a motorcycle clipping along 80 miles an hour running into belly dump, the belly dump carnage? <laughs> I mean, so he starts running these, these, uh, this vision through his mind. He's being, he's now he's switching to conscientious mode. First he, he went to escape mode. Now he's going to guilt mode. And then in his mind, he's got to go to prison mode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and prison mode ain't fun. Okay. There's nothing fun about prison. I know that Brian Robinson told me we talked about prison, and uh, I think that the number one thing you need to know about before you go into prison is um, can't hit a moving target. Okay, just keep that in mind. Okay, so, so anyway, so anyway, he gets off the exit, and he has to get you know he needs to get back there to try to you know warn other travelers. So he goes under the freeway, back on. Now he's heading south on with his with go, driving his um his belly dumping trailer like a Ferrari. Okay, he's, he's mashing this thing down, and he's just ripping around the corner. So he gets back on the freeway, the interstate, and now he's headed southbound. And he sees headlights coming. No headlights have come up to this thing, but he sees headlights climbing up that hill oh out of Helena, oh. and he just sees belly dump. He, it's, he said oh. it, looked like a, it looked like a bale of hay, a couple bales of hay on the road there. So, <laughs> <laughs> a couple bales of hay. What time of year is this? That's a great question. I, but I know that it was um, – the sun was setting. And there was no ice or anything in there. So maybe summer. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what time. It wasn't in the winter, I guess. I, so there, I didn't really say. But on the road. He said that but he saw the headlights are coming. So, I, wait, hold on a second. I can just picture him. 
after this happens, when he realizes he's got to get off that interstate, can you see, you know, when, how his eyes get wide open? <laughs> <laughs> so he said that he had just grabbed a, um, he just, on the way out of hell, he just grabbed a, a Happy Meal, not a Happy Meal, a Value Meal at McDonald's. And he said he would always get the big, the biggest possible Diet Coke he would get and the biggest thing of fries <laughs> and like a Big Mac or whatever the whatever the burger choice was. So he said he was ripping around that, he got back on that freeway. He said that, he said that uh, the cigarette was dangling out of his mouth. He said the moisture from his lips was the only thing holding that cigarette out of his mouth. <laughs> he was bouncing around. All he could see was that cherry going up and down, <laughs> cutting around on that freeway. He said he had one hand on that soda. And, and trying to keep that cigarette <laughs> in his mouth. And so he was, <laughs> so he was, now he's back on the freeway heading back down there. He said he went past the, past the gravel. He could see it on his left. And he, he just took a hard left turn and put that semi right down into that ditch and popped out the other side. He said when the front end is, is no Peter belt, he said, the front end of that thing hit the ditch and popped straight up. And all he saw was the sky. So that thing was lifted up in the air, and then that hit the ground, and the trailer was right behind him. The trailer was in tow. And he said by the time that that front end of his truck hit the ground, he said the, the Diet Coke had extinguished his cigarette. So the, <laughs> he said all he saw there was the straw popping off the ceiling. The, cig- the cigarette got extinguished by the Diet Coke, and he says there was fries galore everywhere. So he finally gets a semi out of the ditch. Parallel on the freeway and um, stops the traffic. So now the traffic is stopped, and it, I don't know how long, but I mean, how long does it take for it to get backed up and for the police to start coming out there? I don't know if he called. I'm sure someone had called the highway patrol or something. So they make it out there. So eventually, I don't know when it was. And he's out there trying to kick the gravel off with his foot. You know how you would just kind of slide gravel or slide kick something out of, like off, <laughs> kick something off the porch with your foot, like your shoe. He was doing this with his foot with gravel with a ton and a half of gravel. Like I don't think he made much. I don't think he made much headway with it, right? So the cops showed up or the highway patrol troopers, or whatever, and asked him what happened. So here he is, sitting with a tractor trailer with a belly dump trailer. You got all this gravel on the ground, and he's sitting, and he's sitting behind it he, now. So he said the traffic was backed up all the way to Montana City. Oh, that's on the south. <laughs> kind of like Field of Dreams. How how many miles? Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the way I pictured it. Field of Dreams all the way back to Helena. Headlights, and he's got his trailer parallel. Ain't nothing getting around this thing. Rodney, what, now, you, what, what yeah, Rodney? Please, hey, um, now, Robbie, please showing up by then. What's that? Have the cops got involved at this point, or were they okay. around? So the troopers eventually showed up. What were you going to ask, Bill? I was just going to ask Robbie, like, what do you, what can you picture? You know this guy. What, what do you, what do you see, Robbie? I see a very scared, uh, unhappy individual at this point in life. <laughs> he did the right thing, though. Did he? He not? did do the right thing. You know, he's a pretty stand-up guy when it comes right down to it. Is always yeah. The moral compass is always pointed in the right direction. I think the initial reaction, the initial reaction was to you know give her the onion and get out of there. But then when he realized um, that there a could more, be an injury, a, a motorcycle, a motorcycle sliding around that like on a thousand marbles. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how this is how it finishes up for this story. Um, 
as far as I know, the highway patrol, the troopers show up. And I think it's a fair question for them to ask. They asked him, what's going on here? You <laughs> 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 see all this gravel? And what he told them, and I don't think he was making this up because why would he say this? You know, because this doesn't give him any cred, any street cred. But when the, when they asked him, like, what was going on here? He said it was like this when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> so Which who has it? Who has it? There's huh? gravel all the way freeway. Traffic's backed up. High patrol's there. Mm-hmm. And he's squirming at this point. And he's got a tractor with a belly dump. And his first response was, it was like this when I got here. <laughs> Wait now, hold on a second. He's behind the gravel, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, that could that could confuse that would confuse me. I'd be like, well, no, no, no. That's, that make, that's maybe a, that that's, makes sense. Yeah, that's not a fair. That's a fair argument. I just think with uh, with the facts that you have, I don't think there's the the cops believe in that one. And so I think over a period of time, the truth is, was revealed. That <laughs> <laughs> did they ask him what he was hauling? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing in there. I'm having to fill it up. What a coincidence! I have a truck. I have a trailer here that can haul this belt, this gravel. I say I would just throw it into my truck. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> <laughs> did he? Did he say that? Did he say how they were able to get it picked up and off the road, and how long it took, or anything like that? They had to bring some other machinery up here and, and kick it off the road. I said, "Well, so how long are we talking here?" He goes, "Oh, hours." Oh, I said, "I can't." I, I said, "The traffic must have been backed up terrible." He <laughs> said it was backed up terrible. They had there was a side road, I think, that you could maneuver around. But anyway, he said that the guy who um, the guy that employed him for this task <laughs> was no longer wasn't her, was no, wasn't her, wasn't her name Kimberly. Mm, I know who 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 is of its employee, but we're not going to go into that. But anyway, they asked him to. Um, I see they're doing cutbacks. Huh? I think they're doing cutbacks the next day. I think they're thinning their herd. <laughs> so he uh, he got a leave of absence for a little while, but good to. You know, I don't know when it came back around, but he's back in employee. He's trucking. He's doing the thing that he does the best. But um, <laughs> I I I think that. The belly dump, belly dump, and a ton and a half of gravel on the road. Uh, <laughs> you just don't see it every day. And like I said, I talked to him several times, asking about this. He tells me that like I'd never heard it before, and I'll always ask a few questions. There's all, I always have one consistent question when I ask him. I said, "So how much that, how much that gravel you dump out of there? How much made it out of the bottom <laughs> of it? Does it change? Does his answer change? Hundred percent. He says it's hundred percent in there." <laughs> <laughs> he's never he's never faltered off of that. He's huh? never wavered, and the fact that he kept that cigarette in there until until he came out of the other side of that ditch was pretty noble, pretty brave. <laughs> I love that. So oh, Rocky, you know, mm-hmm. Rocky, uh, if I remember, Rocky was good friends with our neighbor. Do you remember our neighbors, Brian? Those two brothers that live right next to us—they are crazy Morse. as hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie, you remember the Moore brothers? Oh yeah, yeah, I remember them. Who was crazy, crazy, the crazy? He was maybe the craziest dude in town. He was our age. I would say he might be the like the two brothers together. Like if if one brother lived in California 
and the other one lived in New York, and I met them totally separate. I would say those are the, you're the two craziest people I've ever met. Like together, they're real crazy. But like outside of that, they'd be number one, number two crazy, even if they weren't related. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? I would definitely agree with that. And how did you two grow up right next door to them? Is <laughs> right next door. And our, our house, our, Robbie, our house is kind of built, you know, into the side hill. So our, we've described this before, but our windows and our bedrooms, we could jump right onto the, onto the, the ground. And so I remember well, one day th- yeah. we had the, we had the um, waterbed mattress that we blew up. Remember that? Okay. Well, let's, yeah, let's back up for a second here. We got so I, I didn't know that we we're going to talk about the Moore brothers, but I think this is perfect. So I think one of them passed away, didn't they, Brian? Didn't yeah. the younger one passed away yeah. years ago? Yeah. Um, sad. Yeah. sad, but let's just talk about the growing up next to the, these two. I think, I mean, I, I think it's just like a badger and a wolverine living together. Speaking of badgers, we'll get into that too about these two. <laughs> so we, this is kind of this, 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 the way that we... The way that the way that we met them was they just had moved in. Their dad worked for the oil. He worked, you know, in the oil industry. I don't know. And what we were did. like we were probably what in grade school or middle school or something. It was a great, yeah, yeah, grade school. I'd say well, it definitely wasn't high school. Probably yeah, sixth grade, fifth grade, something. Yeah. Anyway, they move in. Their dad gets a job in Cup Bank working the the refineries. I don't know what he did. Where they were they out of Hopper originally, right? I don't know. Is that where they were from? I thought so. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so they were, and these these two were like work. You know, they rode motorcycles. They always had their you know their their trucks were all dialed in, and they just I'd say if you had to ask them what their priorities are in life, what they want to do the most, I'd say they the number one thing they want to do is have fun at any cost, right? <laughs> have fun at any cost, and they did. So that's a good way to put it. Yeah. There's no, there's no compromise. So we're walking past there, and we're thinking, oh, we got some neighbor kids, roughly the same age. I think Delroy, I think one of them was my age. I think the other one was probably Bill's age, so pretty close. And they're working. On, I remember they got a motorcycle sitting up on one of those kickstand things. Looks like it's up on a milk crate. And we walk in there and uh, introduce ourselves formally. Couple gearheads. Couple gearheads. Gear and I think they greeted us by uh, saying something like this: oh, "What do you want?" <laughs> what do you guys? What do you want? I said, "Oh, our neighbors over here," and they said, "Okay." And so at this point, a little uncomfortable trying to just make conversation with these two, just to try to like maybe clear the air a little bit. I wasn't wasn't what like the 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 greeting I thought. And I looked on the ground there, and they were working on this motorcycle, and I saw this this like uh, looked like a big piece of grease on the ground. <laughs> You know, if you're like greased your bearings or something, and there's like a big grease sitting there. And I look down, and Billy looks at it, and Bill goes, "What's that?" And the younger, or the older one says, "It's a blood clot. You want to eat it?" And I guess. <laughs> I guess he just gave her the old nose rocket, whatever they call that, push him, and he blew that on the ground there, and he didn't hold it. And I, I thought at that point. Maybe we should. Maybe we ought to have said back to the house. So that was our first interaction. This boy, right? What, Robbie? You might be in over your head with these boys. You're thinking we just wired different. <laughs> so, they were wired different. They were neighbors. So, so that just kind of gives you an idea who they were. So all the stuff that they would do after that, 
it was never half-assed. Like if they were going to do something, it was number one, something you'd never heard of before. And number two, if someone doesn't get hurt, then they need the admission not accomplished. And so <laughs> before I get into telling what they did with the water bell and waterbed mattress, Robert, Brian, because I wasn't here for this, tell them the story about the ba- about what they did with the badger. <laughs> this is perfect. Well, there were some badgers, you know, about in that coulee around Cup Bank. They lived right next to coulee. You guys did too. Mm-hmm. Well, they'd found a badger and they snared it. <laughs> so they snared it. And somehow they, uh, Jimmy rigged a, uh, a stick and snared that badger. And these guys were so nuts. They took, they had a parade, like Lewis and Clark parade, and they took <laughs> that badger down to that parade on a stick, snared, and were chasing girls around. That's how well, it but, <laughs> <laughs> but see, I wasn't here for this. You talking about, was it a leash or like, how did they, how are they, they, they got it on a wooden stick somehow, <laughs> and it was just so they could keep the badger at distance, you know, like, but they had it on a stick. And a, and a, hold and on a second. How do you have it on a stick? Like, was what was it attached to that kept it from like, like attacking people? Like, it was on a leash. What was it? It was on a leash. Yeah, they had they snared it. They ran a stick up it so they could keep it at distance. <laughs> <laughs> they, saw, they were they were creative guys, you know, the way they rigged this stick up. So hold on a second. So it's a leash, but they had to tie the leash to a stick to keep the badger at bay. At bay, so it didn't attack them. <laughs> And you guys ever, anybody's ever been around a badger, there's something else. They just thought it was the funniest thing in the world to run in a badger around the town of Cupping and scaring the hell out of people. They just thought it was a beautiful thing. Oh, so place. I wasn't there for that, but I can see there because I've knew, I mean, we, shit, we lived next to them for seven, eight years. I can see their faces. Tell me this, Brian. They were laughing, weren't they? They had great laughs. They sure did. So were you, did you see them? Do, oh, I, I would pay. Top dollar to see them with that badger down at the parade and just tormenting folks because they don't think about they never thought about consequences right they never. never thought about like okay what happens if the badger gets loose okay what happens if you know someone like a little kid who wants to pet it thinking it's a puppy I mean that type of stuff would never cross their mind it's so did they did someone eventually shuttle them out of the I mean, I can't imagine people don't being. Actually, no, but you know them. They didn't. They didn't care one way or another if they got in trouble or not. They Take just went with. What they went with. They probably. They. I don't, back then, nobody probably said anything. They thought it was funny. But nobody got. <laughs> let me say, nobody got harmed during the badger incident. Not even. We them. don't know that. We don't know that. But thank you <laughs> no. for protecting them. Thank you for uh, for for covering their back because, like I said, I I think it's going to be okay. Because I think, one, unfortunately, and very sad, one of them passed away. And I think the other one's, um, I don't know where the other one's at. I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think he sees the sky too much. Let's just say this. The highlight of the day is outdoors time. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, but so these two guys, the one, the one other story I remember about them, and this was classic. So. Anyone in the, from the eighties? I think it's the eighties, maybe. Yeah, eighties. Because I don't, I, you don't see this this novelty item anymore. But anyone from the eighties remembers the waterbeds? Oh yeah. I mean, the oh, worst yeah. idea in the history of um, of back of of, of comfort and, and back problems. 
<laughs> is the waterbed. So oh, horrendous. I mean, the, the concept's cool, right? I mean, sleeping on water, like sleeping on air. I mean, I'm sure it was an easy sell. You know, we're going to put we're going to put water in a mattress and you sleep on the water. But when the rubber hit the road, horrible idea. I mean, now, I had one. You got a lot of your back problems from the waterbeds, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're still paying for the waterbed this this many years later. You know what happened with uh, our waterbed? <clears throat> our parents had the waterbed. We didn't. And um, one of my girlfriends uh, stayed the night, and she might have had too much to drink. And so I just laid her down in there, and I went to my bedroom. And about a week later, um, my stepmom said— She was said, still there? Yeah, my stepmom said, um, we have a leak in our waterbed. It's a slow <laughs> leak. And so it punctured the waterbed, and then they found, I guess, a, an earring. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they said, and they, but, but before, the before, they, before they said that, before they told me that the waterbed had been punctured, she said, I found this, I, I, I found this earring. I don't know whose it is. I'm like, oh, that's X and X. That's my, the know, Anderson my girl, girl. <laughs> my girlfriend. And, <laughs> and she said, well, it just punctured our waterbed. Is that the Anderson girl over? <laughs> no, I don't think so. She was my adversary, not my girlfriend. Is this where the animosity came from? The Anderson girl? <laughs> no, she was my adversary. She's never stepped foot in my house. <laughs> yeah, you two were pretty close growing up. You that. <laughs> We were ad- we were adversaries, okay. Is that a <laughs> Anyways, let's get back to the more boys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I wish I saw I swear, I swear, I saw her shuffling out the back. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. She never stepped foot in our house. Okay. I don't remember a bunch about it, but I remember when she was leaving, I said, where's your earring? Because she was wearing the... She never wore earrings, necklaces, anything to beautify herself, okay? Lingerie. Okay. I don't know. I mean, my memory's not perfect, but I thought it was Anderson Gal. Okay. So... <laughs> okay. So, so anyway, back to the Moore Brothers. So we had the waterbed, and they, I, they, my parents were deciding to, to Trent Neal. To swap it out for something else. So we had this mattress, the waterbed mattress, that we emptied out. Like we dumped all the water out. It was in the front yard. So the Moore brothers were over there riding their motorcycles around. And just as a, a small little tidbit, Billy, my brother, was talking about riding lawnmowers. And Bill doesn't know he doesn't know an engine from a thimble. Like he doesn't he doesn't know. Well, I know, do now, but I didn't then. Let's at the time that. he didn't. So he was trying to get him tormented up. He told him that we had a riding lawnmower <laughs> that had a V8 engine in it. <laughs> <laughs> because Billy didn't know about engines. The only engine he could think of was a V8. So it, it, it really caught their attention that we had a riding lawnmower with a V8 in it. And they and wanted to come. Gearheads from word go. Huh? Oh, but gearheads. These guys were total oh. gearheads. Oh, Big yeah. Time. Big time. Now, they knew that that wasn't possible. But they had to they had to rule it out. Okay. So they were all over us like a cheap like they were coming down, they want to know. Well, when they came down to try to find this lawnmower, they saw this 
waterbed, empty <laughs> waterbed mattress thing. Like a big, it's a basically a big, you know, empty balloon, Tra- right? Trampoline. Well, they go, so it's kind of like, uh, have you ever walked into a room and forgot why you walked into the room? That's how the Moore brothers lived their life. Okay. <laughs> so, right. They did. Actually, that's a great explanation. So they came down looking for the lawnmower with the V8 and they saw this, uh, they saw this waterbed mattress. They go, what are you going to do with that? And so we're going to throw it out. You mind if we have it? No, go ahead. So they took it and away they went. We didn't see hiding her hair. And so are, the engine's cooking for them already at this oh, point. They were thinking, and I couldn't wait to, you know, I honestly didn't think it was going to be anything bad. I thought, well, I don't know. All, all I know is we don't have to get rid of it. So later that afternoon, we see a bunch of, when I say a bunch, there's probably 10 or 15 neighbor kids. Now, we lived on Mountain View Boulevard, and there were kids from all types of kids on the neighborhood from 18 to 8. But we walked up there, and we saw like a bunch of kids up there. And, and I, I, get, I would guess the average age was probably 10 or maybe a young, they were young, young kids. They were young, yeah, they were younger than us. Young kids. But they were up there like like the carnival had come to town. And some there was commotion going out in the back backyard of Moore Brothers' house. <laughs> so if you picture their house, it's like f- three or four stories, huge houses. The house had an elevator in it. It was it a was, cool it was house. Probably, it was probably maybe one of the nicest houses in town. Do you, was, Brian, have you ever been – had you been in that house before, I've Brian? a few times, yeah. There was an elevator in there, wasn't there? I don't remember that, but I know it was a beautiful home. It was beautiful. That's a- now, us being the neighbors, I did, I had zero interest in stepping foot inside that house. Oh, no I, shit. To me, it was the Hotel California. You can check in any time you want, but you can never leave. That's the way that I looked at going into that <laughs> exactly. thing. Exactly. That's a good analogy. I wanted to have zero to do with that. Anyway, so we walk over here and we see a commotion going on at the Moore Brothers' house. And... So we walk up there, and the young kids out in the, out in the backyard, and we hear a couple intermittent screams <laughs> from the children. Must protect the children. We hear these. So we get up there. The more bro- I see, I see one of the. I see the younger more brother standing up on the deck, three okay? three stories high. He was on the second one, so he wasn't all the way to the top. So but it was a he was, yeah, it was a twenty foot drop. It was it was all all fifteen feet twenty yeah probably twenty that's right, and then down into the backyard, I see the waterbed mattress <laughs> filled about oh three quarters full of air, and then <laughs> if you look a little bit closer, you see there's a little kid sitting on the end of the waterbed mattress, and you see the more more <laughs> <laughs> brother, and then you see one of the more brothers standing up uh, on the deck. Like the original Greg, jackass crew. They would have been the original oh. jackass. What's that, Robbie? They would have been the original jackass crew. They were that nuts. Oh, yeah. absolutely. The stunts that you see in pull. I they're, see they're, I, they're they're crazy. They're crazier than Johnny Knoxville. Way oh crazier. Yep. As, as JW said, they had more screws loose than a Mexican gun turret. <laughs> 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 so, so we look up there, and there is the younger more brother. Standing up on the deck with his arms out to his sides, <laughs> like a short and pudgier Greg Luganus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd see what's going to happen. That kid's sitting on the edge of that waterbed, 
and the Moore brothers getting ready to jump 20 feet and <laughs> catapult him into the coulee where they found the badger. <laughs> and what they're there was a thicket. There was a big thicket of remember it was almost yeah, like a thorn, listen, bed of thorns. Yes, on the on the out outside of their yard, it was just coolie. There's all kind there's like prickly pear cactus. But their goal, what they wanted to do was to jump on that mattress, catapult the kid so he could clear the chain link fence into the coolie. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> explain the coolie how far of a drop down in the river was. Well, they weren't close enough to drop down into the, you know, their their house was probably, I don't know, 200 yards from the drop down. But the fact that they were trying to catapult an eight, eight-year-old kid over the chain link fence into the coulee, like, <laughs> what happens if the kid don't make it? What if he gets hung up on the chain link fence? And so, what do we do? We just have to watch. There's not a chance we're telling them not to do this anymore. So he jumps on that thing. I think it was a Kelly kid he had on there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Kelly. <laughs> I think it was it was a Kelly kid or it was almost the almost kid. I can't <laughs> because <laughs> I think it was either John Almas's kid or the Kelly that kid. That almost that almost kid had a few bad rough uh, breaks when they dropped him on his head when he was a baby. We saw him when they brought him home from the the um the hospital, hospital. and his hospital. dad. His dad went to wave at us next, and he dropped their kid on the ground. And that's a true story, isn't he? Hey, John, oh, yeah. is that your baby? Yep, he waves, and the kid hit lands right on his head. But anyway, he was down there at the Moore house. And so we watched we watched uh, the younger Moore bro- brother jump off that thing and launch this kid into the air. And I would say the chain link fence was probably, oh, I don't know, 30 feet from there. And he launched his kid so high. The kid probably traveled in distance, probably four feet. In the air, probably 20 feet. That kid went straight in the air. <laughs> Have you ever seen those clowns at the carnival with the, te- the teeter-totter? And they just jumping on each other one and exactly. shoot them into the air? Exactly. I see that. I think it was, a, I'm pretty sure it was a Kelly kid. He went, so he went flying into the air and, and just landed on the ground. I mean, it, it was a crunch. Like, the fact... He, Something happened. He broke. He, he broke something, or he, Some, he something got jostled around in there. Maybe he, he crushed a couple vertebrae. But do you think the Moore brothers cared? He said, "Get the other one on there." They just want to line them up. Next, and, uh, put the Elmas boy on there. <laughs> put the Babowitz kid on there. <laughs> there was a lot of kids on that street. They just want to line up the next one. And these kids were just. Getting launched into the air and pile driving into the ground at an amazing clip, and, <laughs> and they were all about the whole time. I bet they didn't. Yeah, I mean, they didn't care if a kid got hurt. Get him out of the way. Load up the next one. And all they wanted to do was, they told the next kid, scooch forward a little bit. We got to try and get you over that fence. I mean, the whole time they were just trying to maneuver that thing to launch a kid over the fence, and. We, I watched probably two or three of them, and I had to leave because it was just a matter of time before some kid. Oh, and didn't gets our, hung up. What, what did our old man remember? Remember what he said about that when he heard what? about it? No, what did he say? I don't remember what he said. But we told him about it. Yes, yeah, so think for a second. You remember? It was a really funny response. Well, to, I can't remember. What he said, I I don't I don't know I don't remember what he said. 
I don't remember talking to him about it. But I, no, I do remember talking to him about it, but I can't remember what he said. I know that I know that when we would something like this would happen, we'd bring up the old man. He always brought the legality into it. He always he's always brought in the fact that someone could a someone can get you know go to jail for a long period of time. But I, I think that being next he to said, oh my god, can you do you, can you imagine what that kill the Kelly's father's very intelligent teacher? <laughs> oh, about launching the Kelly kid? Yes. Oh yeah. He, he he yeah, he wasn't talking about the more kids. He was talking about the Kelly kid. He goes, it's, I don't care how athletic you think that kid is, even if his dad is the athletic director, there's no way of landing on your feet, get launched in the air like that. I said, Well, he didn't land on his feet, he landed on his nose. I think my old man looked the other direction because he probably would have been responsible for reporting some of that stuff. So I think he always left the other way, always on the Waller side of the the house. Exactly. Exactly. But I tell you what, the Moore brothers were crazy. And those stories right there with the badger and the the waterbed mattress, those are just like, those are, Brian, you, you probably, you hung out with those guys every once in a while, didn't you? Oh, yeah. They always kept things spirited very much. Uh, they were always up to four-wheeling, getting stuck, getting towed out. They just didn't care. They were always you remember up- any other story about them that you that you had? If not, it's no big deal. But I just know that growing up next to them was, was, a, it was a kick in the pants. I just didn't want to be any part of their any other Well, stories. there's another good one, and I need to... I need to remember something, so I got to talk to somebody. I got to find out if this. We'll have to put that into put into production meeting and put it in our next episode. Yeah, can you give me a teaser on it? Like, who's other member involved? They had uh, the River Bridge Hill. It was Halloween, and and uh, people are coming across the River Bridge, and they put a little uh, like crow or dummy guy out there on there. Well, as soon as people cross that cut bank bridge, they would throw up that dummy with, they had like two, uh, they'd lay it in the middle of the road and one guy sat on one side of the bridge and the other, and they had like a uh, water hose <laughs> tied to this thing. And as soon as somebody they saw someone coming, he stood up this scarecrow type thing and right in the middle of the road as they pulled down on it. <laughs> <laughs> Who were, you with? were you with them? Uh, no, I heard about it. I I don't know if it's one hundred percent true. Does that surprise? That doesn't surprise no, me for a second. Me a that would be mellow for those guys. Can you but imagine? I mean, there's classic. Oh, because that could have ended bad too. I mean, that could have ended really bad. They didn't <laughs> care though. They were out for the giggle. We're gonna have to. Ask, we're gonna have to ask Grady because him and the younger one hung out a bunch, and I I bet you Grady's got about three hundred stories oh. about just about those two. Oh my god. That's great stuff. Uh, Brian, do you have a sponsor today for us? Mm-hmm. I do have a sponsor. And this one comes to us, and this is near and dear to my heart. Um, this comes out of Cup Bank, and it's a it's a business that originated in Shelby, um, expanded itself throughout the great, they called the Golden Triangle, and was a part of the community for, for many, many years. And it is uh, Burns Funeral Home. Oh, proud sponsor no, no kidding. of Burns Voice, small town shenanigan, and, and, and rightfully so, the Burns uh, Burns Funeral Home. And, you know, their motto, and we talked about it before, is, you know, why walk around half dead when the Burns Funeral Home can bury you for just $250? <laughs> <laughs> and I know, you know, that, that was just the slogan that was inside. But I remember on the front, on the sign, on the, in the front lawn, because we would mow that, 
It said Burns Funeral Home. You can't spell funeral without fun. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, do you know how many sprinkler heads I ran over with that lawnmower? I, you know, here I was talking to someone not too long ago about growing up around a funeral home, and um, you know, you, you just don't run into people that have. And and I had zero interest in being the funeral home director, but oh, things the, your outlook on things were just a little bit different, right? Oh, you, like oh just because you were there, and I remember I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story, relatively morbid, but I, you know I mean, it's really not actually. Um, this is just thinking about the you know some of the stuff that I thought about for the way that my my stupid mind works growing up on the funeral home, but when I was in the Navy first. The first year I was in the Navy, my stepmother, she was economics teacher, teacher there at Cup Bank, passed away. Yeah. Okay, she, and um, so I was I was gone. At the, I was in the Navy at the time, so I had to fly home for her funeral. And so, um, you know, you fly you fly into Great Falls, and then my grandfather, Jack Burns, he was the director of the funeral there. He goes, hey, I, someone had to come pick me up, essentially. He goes, well, I, he goes, well, I'll come pick you up. I'm going to be in Great Falls, um, and I will, you know, I'll, I'll give you a ride. So anyway, he he picks me up at the airport, and it, it was kind of unique. Yeah, it was. I said it was a, unique. It's about a two-hour drive. It's, it's a two-hour drive, but I walk out of the front door, and he's there to pick me up in a hearse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's his hearse marked out in front of the, the, the uh, airport. Pick me up. And he doesn't think anything of it, right? He's just like, okay, right, I hopped into Come a hop on, and he'd always do the same thing. Okay, you're driving. So he would, and he was older at the time. He would always, he, you he'd know, get he, his nap was, in. he would sleep. He would get a nap and put a he, his hat over his head, and I'd either drive and drive this hearse down the road. And it looked like if, you, if anyone driving past us, they saw him over there leaned up against the window in the hearse and me driving, they probably thought it was a getaway car. <laughs> I threw a body. So anyway, he picks me up in this thing. And we're driving back to Cup Bank um, to, you know, I mean, for for my stepmom's funeral. And we're getting on down the road. We get we start heading out. And he says, uh, I said, so what? what you're down in Great Falls? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I had to pick. And this happened a lot. If you're in the funeral business, yeah, I had to pick up a body. Like, I had to pick up someone. I'm like, okay. So we get on going down the road, uh, probably about half an hour. And I got to thinking. I go, so who who you pick up? Like, who we got in the back here? Your stepmom. So oh, we had no picked way, up, dude. No We had picked way. up. No. Oh, my God. Are you serious? So, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's horrible, right? But it's just. Well, you know what? That Listen, I have to. I got to throw a little shout out to our mom, Paul Jean, because when I, I was a senior in college when that happened, and I. I don't know if you remember, but the weather was a terrible storm, ice, snow, and nobody wanted me to drive. It's like a five-hour drive from Missoula to Cupping. And so I wasn't able, you know, Eleanor and I were very close, but I was nobody wanted me to drive. They didn't want another fatality. So um, my mom in Missoula, unexpected, she stops by my house, and she says, hey, I know that you can't make it to the funeral, so I'll take you to the church. She takes me to St. What is it, St. Patrick's? Saint, no, St. Francis. St. Francis. She said, go ahead and take your time and go up there and say goodbyes. She sat out in the car. She said, take your time. And 
It was the greatest act of kindness I've ever experienced in my life. It was so unselfish. So I missed, yeah, so I missed out on that. But Eleanor so you was, weren't there. I wasn't there, so I, I didn't know anything about this. Well, so there's a little bit more to this uh, this car ride home. And it was it, nothing that happened, but it was the conversation I had with my grandfather on the way home after <laughs> after he told me about our, you know, our passenger. Um but I was, I, there's always a few things that stirred up in my mind about the funeral home. And so I've, I was asking about this and I said, there was two things that I remember. I'm sure there's a lot of things that ran through my, my, uh, my twisted mind. But I asked him, I said, have you ever thought of, cause they would have like a wake or something where they'd have a, or they'd have a, a closed casket or something. And he had a, he had a, someone that played like, probably grandma Mary or someone that played the organ. They had a piano and an yeah. organ in there. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, have you ever thought about like, because they'd always sit there with a closed casket, um, like right towards the end of that ceremony, if you could get Grandma Mary on that organ and have her start playing that song, Pop Goes the Weasel. Dun, da, dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> and the people would be, kind of wait for the, you know, if you play that song long enough and more, over and over again, don't you expect the top of that casket to pop up? And stop right there. What did he say? What was his reaction? He said, never thought of that. He goes, it's never going to happen. I said, all right. And then the other thing that I asked him about, I said, okay, here's the thing I think would be fun. This is kind of similar to people who twist the the top of salt shakers off you know you, you know that thing oh, where oh, you sure. twist it off and so it's just a it's just a bad move but the problem with that is because i have no idea i have no problem with like practical jokes but the problem with that one is you're not there to see it typically like if you unscrew it you're gone right. and you don't really right. get a chance to see it right right yeah so this was kind of along the same lines i thought and i asked him have you ever thought of like when you when people go into the ground if you spring load it, spring load the casket with a bunch of confetti so that when archaeologists come through and they dig up some of these bodies, that thing just launches in the air with confetti. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do it just right. Now, you would never be there to see it. But can you imagine people digging up stuff? What if they, know, dug, up like, what if they dug up like three in one day? Three, I mean, like... You know, I don't know, two, three hundred years, a thousand years from now, and they open that up, and it's a spring load with all that confetti that you get. Like, if you open an envelope on your birthday and that stuff falls all over your desk, if you got like two hundred pounds of confetti that was not biodegradable, <laughs> with a good spring in there, a good heavy, strong spring in there, and when they lift it, it's launched in the air. I think I don't know. I thought uh, that that would be that would be fun. But we, I mean, we could. How many episodes could we do on experiences we had at the funeral home? I mean. Yeah, and I, yeah. Oh, I mean, we grew up there. But anyway, so this our sponsor today comes to you straight out of the Golden Triangle. We have locations in Shelby, Conrad, Cupbank, and Missoula, Shoto, well, the Garrity Funeral Homes here, but Burns Funeral Home. You can't you can't spell funeral without fun. Bird Funeral Home <laughs> in the area since 1926. Oh, I love it. Um, from the golden well, that's a nice way to wrap up this episode. And, um, so, uh, we get, we'll throw a, um, throw a shout out to, to, uh, RIP, um, our neighbor, 
fun, funnest, craziest one ever. This this uh, episode's in memory of Delroy Moore and our and, stepmom, and our stepmom Eleanor Burns. You know, we we we've been able to to tell some stories about people we've lost in the past, like Pee Wee, and it's there. Uh, it's nice to you know, it's nice to think about those people once in a while, right? Darn right. That's right. So, so we got. Listen, we've got we've got a few episodes coming up um, that I think everybody's going to appreciate. Um, so be on the lookout for uh, John Velk, this fellow we grew up with by name old Kiefer. He's pretty funny. We might be uh, going to try and get old Razmataz Chaz on there. We got some good ones coming up. And, and you never know, we may get old Rocky Road in here <laughs> there to confirm or deny. I confirm the uh, the belly dump. And great. Hey, listen, we're gonna do a little teaser too. Grady and Wetzel, you guys know your Buckle time's up. coming. You know that your time is coming, and you know that the world needs to hear your voice. That's right. So, with that work. said, uh, episode twenty wrapped up. Small town shenanigans. We appreciate everyone. We just got um, some stats back. Twenty-one countries. I don't know how that happens, but people in twenty-one countries. So, thanks everybody for listening. And if you got a story, you can you can email it to us at smalltownshenanigans at yahoo.com. Small one, town. one other thing, I give a shout out. Yeah. You need to get a shout out, JC, for doing all that groundwork, getting these hats done. I don't know if JC. you got it in the Sudan or the Congo, but he found these hats and thanks for sending them out. JC Seawald, he is he is one of our he's on the board of directors now, and so we uh, we appreciate him that much. And with all that right. said, with that said, everybody remember yeah. every shenanigan must. Transcend. Yeah.